0: Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast, a presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer. Bear Down Bears fans, Tuesday is here and we've got another episode of the Chicago Bears podcast coming your way. Path the designer in the building joined by Carmen DeFalco on a Tuesday because Courtney Cronin is the hardest working woman in the industry right now. She's back in New York. Dominating. Arguing with Stephen A. (laughs) I mean, listen, he's got good hair. <laughs> you gotta you gotta he argue with him while you can, you know what he I mean? Good hair, he's got good suits. Good suit, great, suits, great, great suit, great suit game. I mean Stephen A is a great trust. Listen, if you got that much I I, 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 I judge a lot of the guys that that say, Oh my come phone? on, Carl, what what are we doing
1: here? I don't man? know. What are we doing? I've never heard that ring before.
0: <laughs> Ever. The
1: second the podcast starts, what did you that get ring? a new ring so to- they're right, you know what I mean? I mean that's <laughs> like that's what I think it is. I never heard that ring before ever. I think it is an amber alert. Oh I mean, it's man. It's silent now. I don't know. That's wild. It's all good. Yeah, if I had Stephen A's money, I'd have nice suits too. Nah,
0: it's wild. I I judge people when I see them get on like national TV and
1: I'm like not not tailoring the suit at all just off the rack I mean please you gotta do it come on he knows how to do it you gotta get a nice tailored suit good quality threads when you're making Stephen A money he's getting them custom made for sure he's gotta he's getting them custom I respect it. I would be too hey listen hit
0: me we got it. We got to talk about somebody who's also getting a lot of money out here and uh, Jared Goff and Justin Fields. They're, they're making a uh, making good enough money to get some tailored suits. We're going to do a QB comparison because it is Lions week and we're uh, comparing both of these guys together. And then looking at a uh, little reaction to the Roquan Smith trade, Bleacher Nation put out an interesting article. Uh, about how good that trade actually is for the Bears moving forward. All that and more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe to the page, and leave a five-star review on the podcast side. Carm, when you look at where the weapons are on this Bears team this year, it leads to speak to Justin Fields improving. But I looked at it last night, and I had the feeling that If the Bears had similar weapons to what the Lions had last season, we would be coming into this season without question marks on Justin Fields to me. Because the weaponry makes a quarterback better, even in some of the worst situations, i.e., our comparison, Jared Goff gets Amon Ross St. Brown. All of a sudden, he looks like one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the NFC North. When you look at the two quarterbacks, where do you think Right now, coming into this season, both with similar
1: weaponry, they rank. Ooh, I mean, I've never been a big Jared Goff fan. Me neither. <laughs> uh, Me neither. I was always surprised that McVay uh, and, and Lesney paid him. Although, I guess they had an eye on... Uh, or they, I guess they figured they'd be able to trade him if they needed to upgrade that position, and ultimately that's what they did, and right. then it did deliver for them. I was always a little bit surprised that with a quarterback coach and an offensive coach like McVay that they would ever pay Jared Goff, but again, maybe they were calculated enough to know um, that they could still upgrade that position the way they did, so... I'm not a huge fan of golf. I will say I was impressed at times last year. I was uh, impressed at the second half of the season last year. He's a very different quarterback at home in good conditions when the conditions are perfect. But that offense really clicked at home. Having a player like Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Helps, You know, Jameis Williams got back just for a little bit there at the end, not a ton. I mean, look, their skill position players last year were, without question, better than what the Bears have. I also think they've built uh, a a somewhat nice offensive line, and that also helps, too. So the weapons, as you put it, were better, and that's always going to make a quarterback look better, especially in a climate-controlled environment for all your home games. Um, So, you know, I – man, I I probably – just based on results and what I've seen in the NFL. Yeah. I'd probably reluctantly lean towards Jared Goff a little <laughs> bit still. I think by the end of the year, there's a real distinct possibility that this this flips. I'd even almost bet that this flips by the end of the year. Maybe I'm way too bullish or bearish on Justin Fields and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. But I'd I'd bet that this flips as the season goes on by the end of the year. I think there's more growth, more potential with Justin. Um, Not a huge Jared Goff fan, but I I don't know how, I don't know how based on results in the NFL, you could put Justin Fields ahead of Jared Goff right now, if that makes sense.
0: No, 100%. It's it's one of those things where I started looking at it, and for me, I was like, okay, well, let's swap it out. Let's let's say we have a DJ Moore or a Chase Claypool in a full year of this system, I guess, uh, last season. Are those guys who catch passes that were dropped last year? Are those guys who bring in some of those passing moments where we're like, Justin, put that thing on the mark. Mm -hmm. You just got to bring it in. Are those guys that don't run out of or that run out of bounds when you're not supposed to get the ball stripped from behind that make the mental mistakes? And so to me, right, it's a lot of, okay. I see Justin Fields as the baseline. He can run. We know that defenses know that you can't stop him when he's using his legs. But the reason that they were so committed to attacking him with his legs, trying to just make him play quarterback, was because they knew there was no weaponry out there. And so for me, I'm like, okay, if they if he's in a Jared Goff situation, I don't think Jared Goff is is a, a laser quarterback no. either. But I think that when you put okay quarterbacks with top tier weaponry, and I think is one of the top wide receivers in the in the NFL. You had Hock there for a while. It just elevates the player. And so I looked at last season, I was like, I think Justin Fields, we could be talking about him as a as an answer already if he had if if we're not coming in with Equinamia St. Brown as our number one.
1: Yeah, I think that's why this offseason uh was so important. It's why they operated the way they did, because they want to eliminate those excuses for Justin. Yeah. You can't but you you can't keep asking yourselves questions about him. And not getting answers because of the lack of skill that you have around him. Yeah. Uh, it's obvious, especially going into such a critical year now where they're going to have to make a decision on that fifth-year option at the end of the year. I mean, it, it's quite clear what the the path was uh, and what the goal was for Ryan Poles this offseason. While there are still some holes, especially on the de- defensive side of the ball – Uh, I think his main objective was to eliminate all those excuses that you talk about for Justin. And they've done that for the most part. So now we are going to find out, you know, um, are both going to, by the end of the season, be somewhere where they're average. Uh, Maybe Justin elevates himself a little bit more. I, I know we're, again, all certainly hopeful of that. I think he's got the potential to do that. To me, Jared Goff's an average quarterback in the NFL. Which that's is what he, that's what he is. He's about yeah, an average quarterback, 100. Yeah, yeah, um, in the NFL, some weeks can look really good when conditions are perfect. Can look really good, and okay, we kind of know what he is. I think Justin is ascending to that, but I think he's got the potential to go even beyond that and be better an inches way somewhere. Uh, not just to be a, a top half quarterback, but somewhere around top third, top quarterback in the league. That's someday. that's
0: why to me coming into this season, there's not a. I don't have this belief that Justin Fields should be Lamar Jackson MVP season,
1: right? Like, I, I know well, yeah. that that's, that's what a lot of people are like. He can do that. He should be able to or, do or the better Jaylen than Hurts, her. The like, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, like, that seems to be the big one. And I, I guess I would say let's, like, still take a deep breath. And if that happens, awesome. Let's not say it's going to happen or just automatically assume or expect yeah. it's going to happen. If it does Great, but you're asking an awful lot. Can he really make that kind of a jump? Well,
0: what I mean is, right with the Lamar season, Lamar didn't have a ton of passing yards. He did, no, he, that's true. He kind of he he put himself in good positions with his legs to be able to throw the football. Yeah, but to me, right to expect 35 to 3,800 yards from Justin Fields, I say that, and people are like, "You're crazy." And it's like, guys, this is this is 2023 yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Jared Goff can put up thirty-five to thirty-eight hundred yards. That is an yeah. average quarterback, yeah. as you just said, that
1: might not even, in that today's might
0: NFL. Yes. And so for me, I'm like, why? Why are we? Why is it? I get we want to protect our guys, we want to love our guys, but there is an expectation of Justin Fields as a passer. He didn't come in as a running quarterback.
1: Right, that's true. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> it
0: it, it uh, is, uh, and that, that's why it cracked me up when everybody was like, he's just the runner. I was like, you see the guy cramping up over there because he's not used to doing this? He's not
1: a runner. <laughs> he's just an unbelievable athlete. I yeah. realized at some point last year, uh, wow, <laughs> F it, I'm going to do this. Right you know, it's like, it's like Joe Boo, I'm, I'm just going to do it myself. Now. I, I like, said, he, I asked you for help, you know, help with curveball. I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> Would <With> Joe Bu- <laughs> we swear on this podcast? You gonna, you yeah, you can swear. Su- su- Fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it, am I I am do it like, myself. I think Justin was just like, Fuck this. I'm going to just, I'm an athlete. I'm just going to run. He's a great athlete. No, I mean, I, I think it's a good point, And I do think those are reasonable expectations considering what they added. Yeah. Uh, no longer is a 3,800 yard season, some sort of eye popping, mind boggling season. If you're still uh, hovering around, on the 2,800, 3000 yard passing mark. You're bad uh, you've got a bad offense. You're, you're, and you're a not a very quarterback. good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you're Daniel Jones. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it. But that'll you're, get you 40 mil. It'll get you 40 mil. <laughs> God bless. We should have all been quarterbacks. Uh yeah. I mean, that you know, you're those aren't law, lo- those aren't extremely lofty um or or out of whack goals or expectations. Yeah. I think you're right about that. We should, without question. See uh, if he stays healthy. Healthy, see a 3,800, 3, Hopefully, even four thousand yard passing season. Yeah. I'll settle for thirty eight hundred, but I, I wouldn't think. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, in this day and age, in seventeen games, I mean, if you're not throwing for over thirty five hundred yards yeah. uh, and, and pushing up against thousand, even more than that, something is wrong with your offense. In all likelihood,
0: well, that's why I say I, I believe there were. I want to say there were eight eight quarterbacks that threw. Four thousand yards or more last season. I, I believe even more. So. Is it eight? I believe it was eight. I I'm, I got to double check. I it. might but, have even guess double digits, but okay. But one of them was f- almost forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what like is, Tom Brady <laughs> was, right, was right almost like I. We looked at him and we were like, wow, he's no longer Tom Brady. Right. He's getting old. Yeah, and He threw for forty. And he 45. threw for four, like you know what I mean for four thousand whatever. And it's it like it's like yeah. this is an expectation yeah. for me at the court. And so when I look at the Jared Goff. Suggest and feels comparison when I look at what's going on. Here, nobody thinks Kirk Cousins is a world beater. Nobody mm-hmm. thinks Jared Goff is a world beater. Heck, Jordan Love might be able to get four thousand yards this season, and I don't think that he's going to be very good.
1: I, for, yeah, it's just it's no longer any sort of uh, it, it, it's not the, the the threshold that it once was. Yeah, uh, there are too many guys. That consistently put up that type of yardage. would did Mahomes throw for over five thousand? He threw for over five thousand again. <laughs> there might have been. There a couple of guys that threw for five thousand. I wonder. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody else I believe else there closed. was two. I think Josh also Josh got. Allen?
0: So no, just just um, Mahomes. Just Mahomes. So we got Mahomes had 52 Jeez, 50. uh, and then. So here's all your guys over 4,000. Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins had 4,500. Joe Burrow had 4,400. Jared Goff had 4,400. Josh Allen had 4,200. Geno Smith had 4,200. Trevor Lawrence had 4,100. Nine guys, it looks like. Jalen Hurts made...
1: The 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 Super Bowl, well, and he had thirty seven hundred. And and think about the way a lot of their games went, where they weren't even in games in the second half of a lot of games yeah. too. I mean, he's not throwing. Know, the chances are that that very easily could have been around four thousand. My two, guess three, would be it's over four thousand this year. I think six, it's nine, seven, eight, nine, guys. nine guys throw for four thousand yards. So to think that you know Justin can't get up to around thirty eight hundred yards. I mean, I would certainly hope so. And those I think are. Uh, I think those are somewhat reasonable expectations if you believe in Justin, if you believe that this offense can take a next step, and if you believe in some of the things they did to fix this offense, to fix the skill position, to better, uh, uh, and to better protect him a little bit. Yeah. I do think those are reasonable expectations, and he shouldn't be running as much, quite frankly. I know it's exciting, but we, we, we've said this a million times, Pat, and we'll continue to say it. This is no way to sustain an offense in the NFL. No. Uh, you're going to get your quarterback hurt. You're going to take seasons. You're going to take games and seasons off of that quarterback. Uh, it's just the way it is. Yeah, uh, There are too many prime examples of this. Cam Newton probably being the me- best and most recent. And it, he's a frigging tank. But it's yeah. just you're going to shorten your quarterback's career. It is no way to sustain any sort of a uh, truly successful threatening offense by having your quarterback run as much as Justin Rand last
0: year. Well, and the part that I love that the Bears are doing, that, that Ryan Poles, I give him 100% credit on, is is he's, to me, breaking the stigma, very much like Philly did last season, of we've got a running quarterback, so why do we need it? Right? When I think of Cam Newton, we think of the amazing runs, but I also think of Cam Newton, where his best weapon was Greg Olson. Yeah. Great guy. Right? Great, great player. Could catch the ball, but like That's really the only wide receiver we talk about him or tight end. Yeah. But that's the only receiver we really talk about him having his career. I
1: don't think, I think he might have had one year with Steve Smith. I was going to say, I'm trying to remember how long the run was, the two of them together. It wasn't long because he was out of there. And then the
0: Super Bowl year, I mean, there was nobody pretty much. It was Greg, and Greg was beat up going into that Super Bowl. So it, to me, like, so often we see it. We've seen it again with Lamar, where like Lamar, they went out. Okay, they got him Odell Beckham. Boy, look what they did. We got Odell. him Odell Beckham and, and we drafted a rookie wide receiver. I love it. But at the end of the day, you got me Odell Beckham off at two ACLs after yeah, I won A wanted year, him. a
1: year, right? <laughs> yeah, a year removed from playing. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, like, I do like Zay Flowers' addition, though. Yeah. If they could, uh, yeah, I mean I I think offensive line he, is but even what you've seen in, them do over the last couple of years with some of their drafts yeah. is try to make that room better for Lamar. Yeah. I mean they have because they recognize his his skill set, his talent, his ability. And they don't want him to just be a runner either because yeah. of what we just talked about. You are um you are ultimately going to truncate the career of your quarterback. And if you really believe in him, you have to find ways to allow him to get better, to allow him to thrive as a passer. I think, and I think mean, you believe it too. I think Lamar is absolutely capable uh, yes. of thriving as a pastor in this league. <laughs> the MVP season kind right, of showed. Right, right. Like everyone I mean, looks at the
0: numbers yeah. at the end, and I'm like, no, go look at the past. Yes, Look
1: at the yes. dots that he put yes. on people. I think he's very capable <laughs> yeah. of it, and I think they've realized that, and that's why... Ah, uh, when you look at their last couple, when they draft a kid like Bateman, when they draft Zay Flowers, when they they go out and uh, you know um, who was it, Hollywood Brown didn't quite work out the way they thought. He was a when, two, he yeah. A two. But they they they've tried. They go out and they they're taking a chance on Odell Beckham. They they have gone about the business of trying to add weapons to their offense that will better suit their quarterback to make him a better, more productive, uh, and dangerous pocket passer. Because uh, it, it's just it. It's just no way to sustain things year to year in this league, especially as these quarterbacks get older. I give polls
0: credit because even right, like the outside weapons are great. DJ Moore's a great addition. Great. addition. But if we had come into this season and we had drafted Darnell, right. And I said in two years, he's addressed the offensive line more than Ryan Pace ever did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have still been happy with where we were. Now, do I think that we're going to win as many games? Maybe not, but I would have still been happy because to me, the offensive line is the, the part that gets neglected most with most of the mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. because he can get away. Yeah. I can spend money here. I can spend money on the defense. He can get away. Justin Fields can get away with the best of them, but where Lamar's gotten hurt hasn't been running outside. It's been in the pocket. In the pocket. And so for me like the fact that Ryan Poles came into the season, looked at the quarterback position and said, "He got sacked freaking Yeah. 50. He's been sacked 50 times two seasons in a row. We got to do something about that." I I give them all the credit in the world for that and it's and adding DJ Moore to that. To me, it's just icing on the cake.
1: Now, adding Tunyon, adding DJ Moore, Tunyon's a great one too. It's uh, those; those are those are good; those are good pickups that I do think uh, ultimately will help him. And again, that was the entire. Uh, it's pretty clear what the objective was for them for this off season. I mean, that was the goal, yeah. and you know they. I, I hope it translates the way we think it's going to translate. I guess let's put it that way, because yeah. on paper they seem to do the right things for him.
0: No, 100%. I, 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 I'll I give him credit even, right, pivoting, looking at the defense. This is the part that it cracks me up about a lot of people that break it down. They're like, you're not doing anything for the offense. I remember 2018 is the year where the greatest thing you could have done for the offense was go get Khalil Mack because it put Mitch at the 40. It yeah. put Mitch at the 30. And to me, even what Ryan Poles has done defensively, On this team and reacting to that Roquan Smith trade, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was a masterful move. Looking at some of the moves last season that he made outside of Claypool, maybe the Bears haven't lost many of those trades. The Bears haven't lost many of those transactions. Uh, Bleacher Nation wrote an article talking about the Roquan Smith trade. And it said the Ravens basically get Roquan Smith in this trade and they pay him a hundred million dollars. They pay him a hundred million. He's been polled as one of the best linebackers in the NFL. He a hundred percent is. What the Bears got out of that, though, was a second-round pick that they used on Javon Dexter, fifth-round pick that they used on Noah Sewell, which I think he'll be a better player than uh, expected coming out of college, and the financial flexibility to pay both Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. You fixed your entire linebacking core and maybe your defensive line, depending on what Dexter is, by allowing one
1: player to walk away. If Dexter hits, that'll look better. The whole thing will look a lot better, I think, to be quite honest. They did get two players for the price of one. Are those players sort of similar in skill set to Roquan? I think they are. Yeah, He's an off-ball linebacker, and that's exactly what they brought in here. Um, you got Tremaine above Roquan or below Roquan? Um, I I liked Tremaine Edmonds a little bit more coming out of college. Yeah. I liked the longer arms and the, some of the ranginess. Ooh, boy. I probably I think Roquan's had a slightly better NFL career yeah. to this point. But I like Tremaine Edmonds a lot too. I loved him coming out of college. I really did. Uh and I remember thinking, boy, I, I if I were the Bears, I'd take Tremaine Edmonds here. They didn't, they took Roquan, and it worked out beautifully. I mean, Roquan's a terrific player. There is a certain amount of value in that position, though. There yeah. just is yeah. when you're not rushing the passer, when you're not a edge rusher or in an even front hand in the dirt uh, uh, rusher off the corner. I mean, and the Bears very clearly told you how they value that position, and they weren't going to budge too much. So now we have to get into how much do we fault them for that, I guess, Pat, because I think, <laughs> I think we all agree Roquan's a, a, an outstanding football player. Yeah. In philosophy and principle and theory, I, I believe – I believe in what the Bears are telling us, right, about how they value that position. And I guess we just have to sort of say right now, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And let's, let's believe that they did the right thing. Um, well, I think the question is, right, like, do people look at the Roquan
0: deal as a good deal? I don't think many people do. I think most people look at, wow, you paid Roquan ate a
1: lot of money. Like, I, he's a you great think, you, player. You think, you think people don't look at the deal he just got in Baltimore? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: I don't think most people around the league are looking at that. Like, it, it's Roquan set the market. And I think most teams think would go, right. that's not the market. We will underpay I think you're all probably of the right. rest of you. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Baltimore for paying him that. And I'm glad Roquan got his money. Right. But I don't think that this is setting the tone for the next guy to get his money. I think this is like, wow, you paid him a lot of money.
1: We won't give you that. I think most teams put a certain limit on that position. And I think you're right. I don't think we'll see too much budging off of that. I don't think so. And so in those terms, you know, it it looks like, you know, the bears did well again, you did add while they're similar and you didn't add any real pass rush in what you brought over. You added two players that you think are really going to help the second level of your defense. That's always aided by what's happening in front of them. Let's not forget that, but you you added two players that you think are really going to help shore up the second level of your defense Uh, specifically shore up some of uh, the woes you had as a uh, run-stop unit last year. You added two for one. So I'm guessing that most Bears fans are probably okay with it, that it looks good, that the idea behind all of this seems to be working. It looks good. You added some draft capital. You added two players for the price of one, one of which, uh, like Roquan, was a highly touted guy, picked just a few spots apart, who has also been – very, very good in this league. Let's yeah, face it, I, Edmonds. So, you know, I, I think, I think because of that, what they did add, I think you, you, you will look back on this and say, this was, this was, a, this was a win. This was what Ryan Poles wanted. Yeah. They just weren't comfortable paying Roquan what he was asking and what he ultimately got. And so, you know, I, I'm always careful to use this word conviction because. We're scarred here at ESPN Chicago uh, <laughs> because of Cap and uh, Ryan Pace and uh, Mitch Trubisky. We're scarred with that word. He had the conviction. I hate to just throw a, a word out, though. like a, you know, I, I hate to, to throw it out of the vocabulary altogether, so I'll use it here, but uh, I use it hesitantly. It's a general manager that had some conviction about the position and about his ability to replace him. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm very still willing to say okay, and give Ryan Poles the benefit of the doubt, and say you know you, you probably did the right thing considering the contract that Roquan ultimately got. I, I don't know, mean, This is maybe a long winded way of, or I'm it's beating on, around the bush a little bit. It, it's, it's just I, I like Roquan. I do. All last summer, I kept saying, boy, I'm, I'm surprised the Bears can't get to a place where they want to lock him up. But then when you did start to hear about some of the financials. I kind of see where the Bears are coming from. I got to be honest. I I do. I think it's that there is a fine line that exists, right? I mean, and when it all started about a year ago this time, I'm like, really? You don't, you know, you don't, you you should be acquiring players like Roquan and getting them that second contract. And he's been a terrific player for you. And, and he's one of your guys for all your failures in the first round in recent years. He's one that you hit on. You're really going to let him go. But then when you did start to, to find out about, what he was looking for and wanting to reset the market, yeah. and the Bears just not being comfortable going over their number. Um, okay, I mean, I we can we can uh, we all know that it is. There's some nuance to all of this, right? And and I and I am okay with how they handled the whole thing. Only thing I didn't like was when we heard that they had the contract
0: de-escalating, basically, and mm-hmm. I was like, you don't do that to a to a, a tenured. Bear. I don't like that either. I, I I did not like. I thought that was very disrespectful. Yeah. I thought that that was a and I still do, right? Like he's he's one of your guys that one you've come out and openly praised and said you yeah. want him to be here, and then you offer him they they essentially offered him close to what he was looking for, but it got cheaper every single year, and it's yeah. like no, you you don't do that yeah. with a guy. Guy, like Ro- Roquan Smith and ultimately what it tells you is yeah. what happened they didn't really want him here they didn't really I, want him here sure at that number that they didn't way. really want him here at that price I don't know if they didn't like the whole not negotiating with him and, and not his agent and St. Omni and whatever all yeah. of that is that, that was a wild a time yeah. <laughs> it was a wild so time was like, we don't know who this is we're not negotiating yeah, th- then St. Omni's cousin popped up yeah. with uh, with Lamar Jackson during his uh, oh, his yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah. But it it's it's one of those things where I didn't feel I don't feel like the Bears lost the deal,
1: but no, yeah, I don't think so.
0: I think that it's not an overwhelming like, oh my god, the Bears got leaps and bounds better. It's just you you gave up a really re- you gave up a great player. He's not really good. He's great. He's a you gave up player. a great player for two guys you that two. you think yes. can be great players. And Tremaine Edmonds, I think, is a great player. I think that TJ Edwards can develop more into a great player and i think that you can't fault anybody for how ryan poles went about it the only issue that i have is how the contract right. was structured yeah i thought that was very disrespectful but at the end of the day right it's still to me this is all about helping Justin totally. and adding those pieces on the defensive end adding key stops
1: that weren't well, there last season. Yeah, and that's where you hope that this this unit gets a little bit better. And I, that's where I still have a, a many question marks yeah. that, um, about their ability to really be any sort of significant stop unit, get enough pressure on the quarterback. We'll see. Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe Gibson fires and bounces back after a subpar year. That'd yeah. be nice. But you're going to need some of those guys on your front four to be better, to really allow Edwards, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, excuse me, and TJ Edwards to... Yeah. To then do what they can do. Yeah. Um, Because it just... uh, Life's hard at that second level if your front four... Isn't playing better, and the Bears' front four was pretty lousy last year.
0: It was awful. It was. Yeah. It was got awful. I mean, it really yeah. was. I, I like. I like Justin Jones beating his chest and saying, "We're going to come out and do it." I, I love it. I. I really do. As I hope a, as see. a Bears meathead, listen. Yeah. I, I love it, but yeah. at the well, end of the see. day, yeah. Show me yeah, something. You got to
1: show. <laughs> the Bears were a pretty historical uh, outlier for about the last ten weeks of the season last year, and I, you know, I had thrown it up on my social media. If you want to go back and look at some point on Twitter. Last year, because Yorko and I were talking about it on the show. But if you look at the if you look at the plot, the thirty two NFL teams from like week ten to the end of the year, if you look at the plot on defensive EPA per play allowed, you know you're going to see a, a as you'd expect a pretty heavy concentration, and then you'll see a few good outliers like uh, New England in the second half of the year, San Francisco, things yeah. like that. You'll see a few good outliers, and then you'll see this one solo dot. Uh, like on Ho- Hawaii, like this, out, and it's the Bears. And it's like they were, I mean, pretty historically, like within the last 10, 15 years, pretty historically bad on an EPA per play uh, level uh, defensively after Roquan was gone. Uh, you know, Robert Quinn never fired at all, and they traded him anyway. He was hurt again. And just the lack of production across the board. Yeah. I mean, they were, in terms of EPA per play, they were. Atrocious, and uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm still sort of like, well, did they really? Yeah. Did they really fix that? And w- will they be better? They they can't be worse. Can't be worse. But how much better are they going to be? I still have some questions about. I, I I got a ton of questions
0: about our, our defensive side, mostly just because of pressure. But the, the one thing I, I do think we'll be able to do, and adding Andrew Billings and and guys like mm-hmm. that, is we'll be able to stop the run. And the good thing about the well, NFC uh, North uh, is yeah. there's a lot
1: of quarterbacks that aren't good if the run is not efficient. And they were bad in that area. Like yeah. They were pretty much across the board. I mean, it was a huge part of the problem. So if that gets better and your two linebackers that you added help um then okay. Then you're making some incremental progress.
0: Yeah. And, it, and listen, this is this ain't the end. There's still a long way to yeah. go with at all
1: of this. That's that's the main thing out of all of this that we gotta remember. This mm-hmm. is there's
0: there's going to we got two first round picks next season. There's gonna be some additions yeah. made. Last thing before we get you out of here, Carm, do they make an addition to this pass rush before training camp gets here? Well, I
1: that that that's a great question still, uh to this point. And we're you know, what is it, July <laughs> We got 11. two weeks. We got two weeks. I mean, I guess kind of. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I think it's possible, yeah. I and mean, there are still some options out there for them. So, I'd almost say that something will happen. Yeah, um, I guess that there really are. I yeah. mean, that, I put my money right now on yes that they will. Uh, that they know they're still a little short in that area, and if they're you know truly hoping to see some kind of progress this year, and like you said. You know, you can help your offense and your quarterback by having a good defense. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> I mean, you, you really can do that. You can put, you know, sometimes putting your offense in some favorable positions yeah. and letting them play with short fields and letting them gain a little confidence that way. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, would we all love to be able to have Patrick Mahomes and say, it doesn't matter where, or Joe Burrow, it doesn't matter where you're getting the ball. Yeah. I believe in my offense. Yeah, I'd love if someday... Justin were so good that we're like <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. But I also <laughs> wouldn't mind some oppor- you know, some sort of favorable opportunity falling the offense's way just by virtue of the defense being better. We don't need to go the complete other direction, right? right. We don't need to just be the offense. That has no
0: defense to, to stop like at. a little bit of a balance, <laughs> if we could.
1: That's, uh, that, that's still what I strive for. I, I wouldn't mind a little bit of a balance. I'll
0: yeah. take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Appreciate you pulling up on you the pod, it, man, as always. Always it, a good time. Always fun. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the page. we got to let Carm go because Carm has a, a radio show to yeah, do. He's, he's, little he's show a big <laughs> big around here, man. Where, where can they find you? Where all the socials and all of all that right, stuff, uh, man? What do you got coming up?
1: At Carmen DeFalco on Twitter. Uh, at Carmen DeFalco 5 on Instagram and threads. And threads. Which I don't know, we were talking before. I, I I went on the first day. I haven't been back on yet. I don't, <laughs> I'm not big into social media all that much anyway, but I was like, oh yeah, threads. That's yeah. right. I forgot yeah, yeah. about threads. There's another one I got to check. But if There's I, too many. There's but too many. If I many post now. on Instagram, does it automatically go to my threads? No, no? it doesn't. Stupid. It, it does.
0: They're going to combine it. Well, they're going to combine it. They're probably going to combine it, and then everyone's going to hate Instagram.
1: That's what I'm talking about. I I just I can't keep. I I I don't know. I sometimes I wanted to go back to a simpler world where it was just Twitter. I went where it was where it was none of it. Oh, oh, you want no social media? You're done with social. I don't think I need any of it. I don't know. I I
0: I, I don't like all the newspapers controlling the narrative. When you you start looking a little deeper into some of that stuff that happened in the '90s, I swear um, to you, uh, there's some stories in the '90s where I absolutely thought that like these guys were just superstar players i thought that guys were just dominating and i go look and i'm just like wait it was just that dunk
1: like we just kept replaying that one dunk that's all it was it was one dunk from like it, and you we're know they, they into, give it in the
0: vhs
1: we're getting into some very like noam chomsky manufacturing consent <laughs> territory <there. laughs> we'll dive into that on the next podcast yeah yeah 100 yeah, <laughs> talk about all the media manufacturing consent <laughs> hey Hit that like button, subscribe to the
0: page, and make sure that you guys are leaving a five-star review. For Carmen DeFalco, I'm Pat, the designer of the Chicago Bears podcast. Bear down. Peace.